Hello there, Cedar Mill Bible Church, and Merry Christmas. I want to give a warm welcome and thank you so much for joining us online. Welcome to one of the most pivotal and hopeful days in all of history, the eve of Christmas Day. Um, if we haven't met yet, my name is Nick Mastrud. I'm one of the pastors around here, and I'm so honored to share God's Word with you today. Um, believe it or not, we meet in this space right here every single Sunday at 9 and 11, and we want to invite you out to join us. Um, just a reminder, we're not meeting at 9 or 11 this Sunday. We're actually meeting at 7 p.m. I want you to come out. Um, I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to meet you and uh, get you plugged into the life of our church as we join in God's mission and what he's doing in our world and in our city. Um, our church is committed to becoming like Jesus and making him known. Um, so come join us. Um, here we are, Christmas Eve. The day before Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, was born into the world. Um, our culture year after year tends to try to hijack this season for reasons of consumerism or maybe some ridiculous empty tradition. Um, but Christmas decorates everything when you think about it. Everything around us, our radio stations, um, our, our grocery stores, our, the classic street lamps are decorated. It crowds our calendars. It kind of squeezes our bank accounts, so to speak. And in all of it, if we're not careful, we can be drawn away from the subversive hope of Advent and into kind of a superficial half-pagan parody. Um, don't get me wrong, I love most all of the Christian uh, Christmas stuff. Um, Advent for me, it's not about like burning down all the dearly loved traditions of the holiday. It's about learning to redirect ourselves and, and one another to something far greater over all of them. Um, something that gives this moment more significance. So I just wanna start by saying this, make no mistake, the reason for this season is to fix our attention and our gaze upon Jesus, the only one who has the power to save. Jesus truly has come to seek, save, seek and save lost people, and he does it by starting in the form of a baby born to two fugitive teenagers. And an inn or a motel, it wasn't even available for him to be born into. So maybe you have felt like you don't fit in in this world while you're in good company with Jesus because they didn't have room for him either. Um, and I don't, I don't know where all of you tuning in today are at in your faith journey. Um, but let me just say that I think today could be the day that changes everything for you. I truly believe that. Like you might have tuned in today with plans and purposes of hearing um, like your classic Christmas story and then heading out on your merry way. Um, you might have uh, been invited by a friend to tune in. You might be a guest for your first time just stumbling upon this. But I want you to know that we've been praying for you, and we don't think that it's an accident that you're listening to this video. And I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I truly think that you'll always be left wandering and wanting aside from a relationship with Christ. Like, I believe that for a lot of you, um, by the end of this, you will, you will be a different person. We believe that Jesus is in the business of seeking and saving lost people like us. So um, I, I pray that you're believing with me and that you're tuning in with an open mind, open heart to what God might have for us. So today we're going to open God's word in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. So if you'd read with me, here is what it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince 
of peace. So something about this story that you might notice right away is that it happens near the the center of the Bible, right? We're in the middle of the Bible, but if you're at all familiar with the Bible, you'll know that Jesus doesn't even show up on on the scene until the end or the latter portion of the Bible. What's with that? Well, what we have here is is a prophecy, a miraculous birth announcement, and it was announced 700 years before Jesus was even born. So I don't, I don't know if you have seen these videos online lately, but people are going all out with, with baby announcements or, or gender reveals. And, and I've seen it all um, for the most part. I've seen confetti, bah, you know, confetti. I've seen smoke bombs. Whoosh, you know, I've seen brightly colored cakes and it, it's getting crazier and crazier as the years go on. But, but something I have never seen is a 700 year prediction that someone is going to enter this world. Like you do that, I'll be super impressed. But there's something uniquely divine about how this rolled out. And more than that, most babies have a, a first name, middle name, last name. But Isaiah announces the birth of this particular baby with four titles, four descriptions. And one thing you can be sure of when we read the names or the descriptions of God is this, God's name is his promise. Or in this case, God's names are his promises to us. In the Hebrew language, the term for name connects most closely to the idea of a sign or a distinctive mark. So a name in the biblical usage, it correctly describes the person, place, or object um, and indicates the essential character of that which the name is given. So they didn't give names to babies because they sounded cool. They gave names to describe the type of person that they will live into, the essence of what they will be like. Um, Even crazier, for this baby in particular, one name was not sufficient to describe this child. This baby is different. He's the wonderful counselor. This, this is amazing news for those who need guidance. He's the mighty God. What great news for those who are feeling weak. He's the everlasting father. This is hope for those who feel alone or lack provision. And he's the prince of peace. This is amazing news for all of us who lack peace between each other and between us and God. And the scriptures say, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And a question that I came up with as I was reading through this for the first time is how can it be that this type of child is born to us, to you and I? Like if God is transcendent, if he is morally perfect, if he is infinite, if he is eternal, how can it be with us who are created, who are sinful, who are finite, who are mortal? Surely he can only be with us in a metaphorical sense. Surely um, this cannot be real because the barriers have got to be, the barriers are too great to be crossed. Like the chasm between his holiness and our sinfulness is just too far of a leap. But this passage is hollow if it's merely in a metaphorical sense. This passage, however, it's not metaphorical and it sets the stage for the most astounding event in history. The transcendent becomes one of the created. The morally perfect enters the muck and the mire of a broken and sinful world. The infinite becomes finite. The prestigious stoops down into poverty. Light crawls its way down into darkness. The great provider joins those of us who are lacking. God puts on flesh. Emmanuel, God is with us. He's with us. I love how Charles Spurgeon puts it about this child being born unto us. Listen to what he says. It says, 
It benefits you only a little that Christ is born or that Christ died, unless it's unto you a child is born and for you Jesus bled. A personal interest in the birth, life, and death of Christ is the main point for each one of us. So let it be known on this day that you have received the best gift in all of history. A child is born to to, it isn't born to them on, on Christmas day. A child is born to you and I, a child is born to us and we have so much reason to celebrate on this day, this child came for you. The scripture goes on and says, and the government will be on his shoulders. This is a prophecy proclaiming that Jesus has come to govern our lives. Like he's going to assume the role of government. This child though meek and mild will assume power and he will govern, and he will rule, and he will carry the burden of responsibility to lead his people into righteousness. So if you're sick of governing authorities and and political chaos and broken systems, if you've seen leaders fail and it's caused you to struggle with trusting authority figures, I know a king and a ruler who is trustworthy to lead and guide your life, and his name is Jesus. It's only through a life of life with Jesus as king and ruler over your life that will lead you into the abundant life that he has in mind for you. He governs our lives as the mighty counselor or as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. But the only caveat is that you have to allow him to be the leader of your life. He doesn't come in as a forceful overthrower. He comes in as a meek and mild servant leader who is passing out invitations. And I wanna paint a picture of the world we live in in order to explain how significant today is for us. We have a few shortages in and around our world. Um, Earlier was a shortage of toilet paper. That's not the shortages I'm talking about. Um, but I'm gonna um, walk through some of these. Number one, we have a shortage of counsel in our world. Like this world has its fair share of hurts and pains and traumas and difficulties. And we have to ask the question, where do we go with this? How do we live lives that flourish? How do we navigate this lives? Where do we take our feelings and our hurts and our pains and our thoughts? And how do we grieve and rest and recover? Um, As a culture, we are in deep need of our souls to be mended and for counsel to be on offer for our tired and weary and broken lives. And there's been this insane rise and increase in production of self-help books. Like if you've been in Powell's lately, you can't miss them, like five steps to a better you or seven practices that will change your life or how to become a better parent with five minor adjustments. People are willing to try anything to get a glimpse of hope. Like people are in need of counseling in just about every area of life. The life they have built just isn't working. We have a shortage of reliable guidance and counsel. Number two, we have a shortage of strong and trustworthy authority. The authority figures in this world have been tried and true to be broken and less than spectacular. If you have hope and trust in an authority-like figure, it's only a matter of time before their personal brokenness lets you down. I hate to break it to you, but it's true. We've seen the fall and the disappointment of so many of our worldly um, authority figures. And I'd love to believe, man, there's good people, but scripture says it plainly, no one is good, no, not one. And this includes the people who have been placed over us. We also have thirdly, a shortage of fathers. Long before the COVID-19 pandemic, another pandemic began and it's still going now. And it's called, 
a, a shortage of, of fathers. We have absentee fathers. Um, statistics show us that thriving societies are hugely reliant upon the presence of a healthy, of a healthy earthly fatherly influence. We have a shortage of healthy fathers who can provide care and protection for his kids and give good gifts to his kids. But even the best and the healthiest of earthly fathers have an earthly expiration date. We have a shortage of peace. If you've been on this earth for any length of time, especially in the last couple of years, you will quickly grow accustomed to the reality of chaos. If you watch the news, which I recommend you don't, or if you scroll social media, which I recommend you don't, um, e- even if you have a conversation with, with a neighbor or coworker, which I ask that you do, um, it's only a matter of minutes before the reality of chaos sits in or division or tor- turmoil or whatever is going on in the world becomes a part of that conversation. We are completely drenched in chaos, illness, crime rates, political uh, polarization, isolation, financial ruin. Welcome to Cedar Mill Bible Church. We're excited that you've tuned in. Um, you might be thinking, man, I came here for some good news, pastor. What are you doing? I want you to just hold on for a second. I don't think that I would do you justice if I came up here and neglected to be honest about where our world is and why Christmas is of utmost significance. It is everything. Listen to what N.T. Wright soberly says about this Christmas season. He says, Christmas is not a reminder that the world is really quite a nice old place. It reminds us that the world is a shockingly bad old place where wickedness flourishes unchecked, where children are murdered, where civilized countries make a lot of money by selling weapons to uncivilized ones so that they can blow each other apart. Christmas is God lighting a candle. And you don't light a candle in a room that's already full of sunlight. You light a candle in a room that's so murky that the candle, when lit, reveals just how bad things really are. What we are up against in this world is real flesh and blood, day-to-day struggles and problems and challenges. And before you get too overwhelmed by that message, let me share the good news. Let me bring this back to the hope that we have in Christ. And here's the message that I want you to receive today, family. With flesh and blood problems, God gives us a flesh and blood solution, and his name is Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Do you know what this means? Like, do you need counsel and direction in this life? Come to Jesus. Do you need strong and trustworthy authority in your life? Come to Jesus. Do you need a father that is accessible and approachable around the clock? Come to Jesus. Is your world just riddled with chaos? Do you need peace and calmness amidst the chaos of this world? Come to Jesus. If you go looking for these in any other place or person other than Jesus, it will let you down. It's tried and true. The true gift of Christmas isn't under the tree. It's actually the presence of a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And this gift isn't on offer once a year. It's on offer around the clock, today, tomorrow, and forever. When we look at the descriptions of Jesus, you can count that as a promise. This is a super cheesy phrase, but it, but it actually communicates it really well. Every name that Jesus shares is a blessing that he bears. 
the descriptions of Jesus, they aren't just like really cool words. They are promises that are on offer for us. So let's, let's receive this good news. Let's look into the implications of each of these. Like Jesus is our wonderful counselor. I love how Psalms 32 puts this. He says, you're my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And this is God's response. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. That is so beautiful. And it shows the counseling heart of God, the counseling heart of Jesus. And then there is no other God who can say from experience, I understand and actually mean it. He can counsel us through this, friends. Um, I love how Charles Spurgeon famously puts it. He says, a Jesus who never wept could never wipe away my tears. Like, well, friends, Jesus knows what it's like to be in the depths of despair. He can sympathize and empathize with what you're going through. He can truly be your wonderful counselor. He indeed has the ability to counsel you through this life. In a world of self-help, may our help come not from a book on how to live your best life, but may our help come from the Lord, the wonderful counselor. And the type of counsel he gives us, it's marvelous. It's amazing. Jesus is our mighty God. He is the God man. He's fully man, fully God. Ever wonder who God is or what he's like? Look no further than Jesus. He is God made flesh. Sometimes the idea of God can be ambiguous or obscure, but the mighty God becomes clear in the person of Jesus. He is strong enough to go through difficulty without crumbling. He's able to save the greatest of these or the least of these. He's the divine hero, the one who can withhold the weight of the world. He's the brave king, and he flips the paradigm of strength on its head. You might think strength comes from militaristic overthrow, but Jesus came as a mighty God who serves. Our mighty God is a suffering servant and his mighty rescue plan is to love and care and serve people back to life. Jesus is our everlasting father. He's our perfect for everlasting dad. Like you might wonder, how is the son the father? And I'm glad you asked. Jesus was and is the perfect expression of his father's love. What he did was he fulfilled the Father's will. Um, if you want to know how much God loves you, take a look at Jesus. He's the embodiment of the Father's love. He's doing the Father's will. And then he fulfilled that love by dying on the cross and bearing your sins and my sins. He's our good father and forever dad. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Prince, that's royal language. He's a royal prince who has authority and reign over us in the mode or the manner in which he exercises authority is peace. It's peace. He's the great peace creator. He's the peaceful presence in the storm of life. Got chaos in your life? Anybody? I sure have a lot of that in my life. Get away with the prince of peace. Is your life engulfed in turmoil? There is a prince who rules with peace and he can bring stillness in the greatest of disasters. We can breathe deeply today because a proper governance is on its way and his name is Jesus. <sighs> Sit in that reality. So where do we go from here? How do we respond on this Christmas Eve? I think the invitation for us is the same invitation that Jesus gave to his followers in the Gospel of John who are really curious about him and what he was all about. Um, and here's Jesus's invitation to them and to us in this moment. Come and see. Come and see. 
in, a, in light of our passage today, come and see, get a glimpse of what he's all about, get a taste of his goodness. I dare you to come and see what he's all about. He's not some self-help guru. He's the life-giving savior. If you've come in to this video as like uh, one of the legendary, uh, legendary band U2 saying it, and he says, if you still haven't found what you've been looking for, um, look no further. This is what you've been looking for. You've been looking for, what you've been looking for is found in, in the one who can actually come through for you. And it's Jesus. And I invite you, come and see. And I wanna address a few different people in, in the video today. And you might fall into one of these categories. And I have an encouragement for each one of you. So there's people that are tuning in today that, are, that have been following Jesus and they're in a really, that Jesus has saved them, like they've come to Jesus and he's been the source of hope and joy for you in this season and in your life. And I just wanna say, keep pressing into that. Keep pressing in. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You have received Christ. Now your mission is to disperse Christ into this world. Like you've been blessed to be a blessing. So continue to use your time, talents, and treasures to infuse this world with hope and with joy and love. Continue walking on the narrow path when it seems like the world is all abandoning that for the easier route, okay? Then there's also people here who have come to Jesus, but you've just been in a season where you're really distracted from what that means for your life. And I just wanna remind you, you might have wandered away, but Jesus didn't. You, you may have chosen a different path, but, but Jesus hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, you, you, he's still ready to receive you where you're at. Like you are never too far gone for his love. You're never too far gone to be used by him. There's no greater time to recommit your life to him than on this day when he committed his very life to you and I. Come and see Breathe in deeply the invitation that's on offer in Christ. Thirdly, there's people who may be listening today who have yet to know Jesus and have yet to experience the abundant life that's on offer. And this is it. May you be encouraged on this day that Jesus came near to you because he truly loves you. He cares for you. He has deep compassion for who you are. His intentions are to lead you into righteousness. His intentions are to care for you. If you have been trying to find meaning and fulfillment aside from Christ, my guess is that you've come up empty and Jesus has an answer to that. Come running to him. I have this image of, of new believers just running towards Christ or maybe you're running from something you don't know what it is. Um, but I pray, uh, so Jesus has this story. One of my favorite stories that Jesus tells is in Matthew 13, 44 about his kingdom. This is what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field and a man finds it and then he hides it again. And then in his joy, he sells everything that he has and then he comes back and he buys the field with the treasure in it, right? My prayer is that we start trip, we trip over some treasure. My prayer is that some of you have stumbled upon some treasure today. The savior of the world is here and he's accessible and he's worth giving everything for. Everything has been tried and true to let us down. There is nothing new under, under the sun. There is no hope or salvation in creation. It's only found in the creator. If you've been running from Jesus, I pray Jesus is what trips you up today. I pray today that the message of Jesus and what he provides is the good news that you finally cannot refuse. I pray it's the good news that marks your life from this day forward. 
Don't leave here without receiving the greatest gift of all time, forgiveness of sins and eternal life. He didn't come just to live this perfect life. He actually came to die a perfect death for you and I. So as we conclude here to celebrate the coming King and to sit in this in-between of Christ's first advent and his second advent, may we rejoice. May we hold on to hope that the best is yet to come, that this is not the end. And may we fix our eyes on Jesus, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We love you so much. Merry Christmas and have a great rest of your day.